0: So today is a Transformation Sunday. For those of you who have been with us for a while, you know that we, on uh, Transformation Sunday, we get to hear stories of people that Jesus has transformed and is continuing to transform. And so Dustin and Andrea Paulson, they have been, they're graciously willing to have me interview them and I am so, so thankful that God has brought them to Abundant Life. We're not the church for everyone, but I'm glad it's the church for you guys. And you guys have decided to plant yourself here. And I have thoroughly enjoyed getting to know them. And I was able to hear a bit more of their story uh, just a couple of days ago um, so thank you for being willing to do this. Um, I think you're on, so speak cool. into the mic so that you can hear it. So I
1: don't know how we're not the church for everyone, because <laughs> ALCF is awesome. <laughs>
0: hey, we'll take it, right? Just
1: yeah. Five stars on Google.
0: Five stars sure. on Google. All right. Be sure to uh, make that entry when you go home. Yeah. So tell us how you got here, right? Google. Seriously, yeah. was it was it like a we, Google search? And
1: we went through. I think we were our church closed in August of 2018,
0: mm-hmm. and so in Stralsburg. Yeah,
1: it took us a year to find this place. We went through I think nine other churches, visiting just a smattering of different denominations and mm-hmm. people, and uh, we got here. and It was like she went the week before because I don't think I was in the mood to go or something. You were working, <laughs> but Carrie here that, okay. that Was she? Yeah, that was
2: yeah. my very first weekend
1: oh cool yeah so it was like home we walked in it was like yep these are our people and this is it we're good we can stop looking
0: that's awesome yeah (laughs) and you said uh one of the things you said about our church and i love getting an outsider's perspective because for those of us who have been here for years we don't know what it's like to walk into a church where you know absolutely nobody and you're trying to find a place to root your family, that is, that is like you said, it's a v- very difficult experience to go through. And I think we forget, for those of us who have been here for a long time, what that experience is like. But So I like to hear people's uh, opinion in terms of, all right, so how was it walking into this church? And you said, and we get this a lot And I want to highlight this because I think this is so critical for us to continue to maintain and to continue to guard this sort of culture. You said that it was extremely welcoming without being too, like, smothering. smothering. So think about that. And I think that's, and it seemed like people were authentic and real. That's the kind of church we want to be at Abundant Life welcoming loving but we're not going to smother you and we're going to be real and authentic right yeah there's enough fake and phony yeah. in the world we don't need to be that here right yeah, so
1: we found them
0: yeah we, uh, we found them They're yes out there. Yeah. sure sure um <laughs> <laughs> glad you're willing to do this so we want to hear more of your story uh, this is good because these people are going to get to know you better and I think that's always a good thing. But most importantly, they're going to hear about like, God's activity in, in a couple's life. So, and he, as Jim Curzon often says, is still in the business of changing lives. Jesus is. So give us some back history here. Tell us, Dustin, about all right. what was your home like growing up? What were your parents' view of God? What was your view of God as you were, were growing up?
1: So I, I grew up agnostic. Uh, my dad is agnostic. My grandpa was atheist. So that was the culture that I grew up in, uh, very science-minded, which science works for God, not against God. but um, that was the culture. Sunday mornings. We, we didn't go to church. I watched Davy and Goliath or the Flying House or uh, Robert Schuller's Crystal Cathedral of Our Power." You know yeah. That was like the only religious experience sure. I ever had was, was Christian Gumby, yeah, you know? uh-huh. So, because we didn't go, it was just my my mom was a nominal. She would say that she believed in God, but she used his name more as a curse word than than praise. And so, I mean, that was that was my culture.
0: Mm-hmm. And your parents, well, especially your dad, you said that he wasn't just even neutral. He he was quite antagonistic against the any religion, really, right? More so, my grandpa. My dad was.
1: I remember the day he got this book in the mail called Dianetics. So What it, is that? Scientology. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, that was like he, he hated um, the whole religious experience because when he had the opportunity to stop going with my grandma, to go fishing with my grandpa, like every one of his brothers and sisters, when they had that opportunity, they, they took that. They, they ditched church. Mm-hmm. They ditched Christ and, and whatever relationship they had at that point as, as teenagers or kids was gone. Mm-hmm. So and he, he never looked back.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about kind of your view. Tell us more about your view of God in religion.
1: I, I guess a mild curiosity on Sundays, but nothing nothing really solid. I never sought out going. Uh, it wasn't until 10th grade that I actually went to a church, um, and it was for a youth group function. And I would just go because they had – and games and girls and that was that was it I mean 10th grader what else are you going to do on a Wednesday night
0: right <laughs> it's true <laughs> <laughs> um, very true we both uh, I don't think we celebrate this but we both had Cindy Crawford posters <laughs> in our bedroom growing up Kathy Ireland yep Andrea.
2: Hello. Uh, hi.
0: <laughs> Tell us about your backstory with your parents. What did they believe?
2: So I grew up Catholic, and I'm from Maslin. Um, my parents were divorced when I was seven. So my dad wasn't really, uh, didn't go on with God. My mom, um, she was Catholic all the way, just like my grandma Um so sh- she had a love and respect for the Lord. She still does. Um, and I am very grateful for my Catholic background, <laughs> but I didn't know the truth.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we, you know, had a conversation, um, it seemed as if, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like this was just more of something we did. Um, I don't know how much of a personal pursuit of Jesus it was like in between Sundays and for your mother and
2: right it was more religious um, good works um, you know doing the rosary going to church uh, um, you know confession Mm -hmm. those kind of things Mm -hmm. yeah there was no personal connection to Christ for me right I mean, other than I did have the sense that I wanted to please him, mm. but those things are what I thought pleased him.
0: Right. They made you right with God. Right. If you did those things, yes. if you said the Lord's Prayer a certain amount of time, if you went to confession, then yes, then you were good with God and he was happy with you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so that was experience growing up. All right, so when did things start to shift in your thinking regards to Christ and how, what were some key events that started to change your mind and heart? So go ahead, Dustin.
1: Uh, the 10th grade experience, um, that was probably the first time I'd, I'd actually heard the gospel. Mm. No, no experience with it before then. And growing up in the culture I did, it was just in my head, if, if heaven's real, then it's a, it's a grading scale. And if you, if you're good enough, then you get in. You know, a lot of that splashes over from, from just religious doctrine that's kind of accepted by our, our culture, but there's no real scripture behind it. You know, there's no there's no scripture. You'll find this says if you do enough good, you're, you're in. And if you don't, and that's that's the thinking my dad had, the times I've talked to him about the Lord has been, you know, if you're good enough, you get in. You know, if you're not, then you don't. Um, in 10th grade, that was my, my first experience with the gospel. But then... Um, after that, in, in 12th grade, the same friend that would invite me, uh, he and I were having discussions at church, or at not church, at work, um, and uh, he's, you know, coming up against my worldview, and, and I'm left without a lot of answers, you know, I'm, I'm attacking his worldview, but I don't have anything to back it up really solid, you know, he's got scripture, and he's got evidence, and he's got um, truth. And I just had opinion, hmm. and so I'm sitting there two weeks later, and I'm at my house, about ready to go to bed, and I'm like, well, you know, if if everything I believed about heaven and God and all this is 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 wrong, um, you know, I I'm definitely gonna fry when I die. Like, I don't have. There's no amount of good I could put on the scale that would tip it in my favor, because the evil is so huge. Like. I need someone to stand in there for me who was perfectly good and didn't sin. And that was, I mean, that was the whole time he's communicating with me. You know, you need someone in between you and God and and that's Christ Mm -hmm. and that he lived perfect because you can't live perfect and he died for you so that you wouldn't have to. Mm -hmm. And it was in that moment I was like, I'm like, man, I need to talk to him ASAP. You know, this is before like cell phones were a real thing and, and you know, the internet was even a thing. So I'm like, I'm like, please don't let me die until tomorrow, you know, right. <laughs> I get to work. So I caught him, and I'm like, hey, I'm like, you know that prayer thing you were talking about? We, like, need to go do that as soon as we can. And so we went out to the parking lot after work, and I gave my life to Christ.
0: Mm, so. Yeah. yeah. So you were in 10th grade, right? That was 12th grade. Oh, yeah. That was 12th grade, okay. Yeah, and I love how God uses people and uses circumstances to – Um, draw you to himself, right? And he was definitely doing that. He was pursuing you, yeah. Um, Andrea, how did your mind and heart start to shift?
2: So I remember my best friend in high school, um, she was, her and her family actually were not even living for God, (laughs) but they knew the truth. And I was at her house, um, and somehow we brought up, I don't even know how it came up. It wasn't in any like big theological discussion, but heaven and hell and how you get to heaven. And I remember saying, "Well, you you just have to be a good person. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's good works. So you got to be nice." And um, her mom heard me from the other room and said, "Actually, Andrea, that's not true. You know." the Bible says nobody is good and we need to trust in Christ for our salvation. And it's funny because they weren't living for God, but they knew the truth Mm. from their grandparents. So grandparents, you are very important because Mm. seeds are planted even if, if it doesn't look like it Sure, because they shared that truth with me Mm -hmm. and I didn't get it right away. I just remember it was a seed, and I just started thinking on that, and um, then re- came to the realization that it was true. mm mm-hmm. So.
0: What do you think brought you to that reala- realization that it was true? Like, are you able to identify anything, or?
2: I mean, the Holy Spirit, yeah. um, prob- first and foremost, but I think, you know, and, and the Word of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't deny what it says. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, I still didn't know what to do with that because it's not like she invited me to her church. So I just kind of sat there like not growing, not really knowing what to do with all this. Um, so that was kind of an awkward time for me, you know, but still God used it. Yeah.
0: How long was that period for you?
2: I, I think it was about two years until... I mean, I kept going to Catholic Church with my mom and my family, um, but at least I knew the truth, and I would get what I could from from that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, definitely the importance of discipleship, right? Like, you needed somebody to disciple you. Yes. Um, As a baby Christian, we don't know how to grow and mature, and how we partner with God to see that happen in the spirit to work in our lives. So, yeah, we needed to be discipling people. So um you eventually did get connected with the church so tell us um about that
2: so um first i do want to mention a a little prayer that i had to the lord because i remember thinking and i know it sounds cliche but this did happen thinking there's got to be more to this like there's got to be more to this faith thing and um and i remember praying to god you know show me more show me what i need to do And it was probably within a a two-week period after that prayer. I was about a senior in high school at this time. My brother um, ran into an old friend, my older brother. He's seven years older than I am. Ran into an old friend at Belden Village Mall, uh, an old friend from high school. And this friend had just moved to Strasburg. He was actually from Masson as well. But he had moved away, went to Bible college, um came back, set roots in Strasbourg, started a church. And so he ran into my brother and said, Hey, um, you know, I'd like to invite you to our church. Gave him the time and everything. And my brother was interested. He wasn't living for God at the time, so that's awesome too. Um, and he invited me. So I was super excited. Um to go to a different church, but at the same time, it was extremely strange, um, just because as a Catholic, I don't know if anybody else has experienced this, but as a Catholic, it's almost like you're leaving your, your well, you are leaving your past, but um, what's the word I'm trying to say, like you're...
0: You were talking about your family tradition, your roots. Yes, roots. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. You know,
2: just, um, so it was hard. It was hard. As much as I wanted to do it, it was still like I was betraying my grandmother or betraying my mom, you know. Mm -hmm. But but so, yeah. So after that, you know, I got hooked up in the church, started growing. I was being discipled. And that's where I met Dustin.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, Dustin, take us. From the point of being a senior in high school, um, receiving Jesus as the king of your life, the Lord of your life, the savior of your life, and then to the point where you then meet Andrea at this church in Strasburg. Sure.
1: So I was a senior in high school and really didn't have a lot of plans for the future outside of I wanted to go into the Marines. And uh, I got out of school and was ready to go, and I went to the recruitment office with a buddy of mine that we were both going to go in. And uh, he said, "Well, you had open heart surgery as a kid." I said, "Yeah." He's like, well, "We can't take you." He's like, "You can try the army, but they probably won't take you either." And they didn't. They, did, they didn't. It was too much of a liability. So then I was like, "Well, maybe I could do like highway patrolman or something like that." I, you know, I just wanted to serve my community in some way. And uh, my dad was like, well, "Why don't you go to college and, and you know do something with money?" And I'm like, "Okay." Well, I had no direction. I had no yeah. no real desire. I was just going to church and. And hanging out with friends and, and loving being a teenager and, and you know all that disposable income. So, <laughs> I said, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll go to college. So I, I enrolled in our community college and started going for accounting. And I did awesome on the math. And I just hated it, though. I hated, I hated being up till three in the morning doing homework. And I was like, this is garbage. There's, there's got to be something else. And <laughs> Uh, the, the same buddy of mine that led me to the Lord was going down to Tulsa to go to a get acquainted with a, this Bible college weekend, and I'm like, well, yeah, I'll go. I you know why not road trip. So I went down there, and while I'm there, it was just like, you need to be here. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna be here then. So <laughs> I I went back and, and finished out school and said I'm done. And my parents thought I was in a cult, and they were like, you know, our son's lost his mind, and so I went to Bible college for two years, and uh, graduated with uh, studies in youth ministry, and then that was what led me to Strasburg, was because my former youth minister in Kansas moved here to start a church, and I had a job opportunity back home in, in Kansas, his old position, or I could come out here and help pioneer the church, and I was like, I'm praying about it, and I picked up the phone to call the pastor back in Kansas and tell him I was going to come out there because uh, it was a dream job for a youth minister fresh out of school. It was like it's paid position, housing allowance, your, your own facility, you know, it was like this is everything that they've told you in class that this is, you know, this is awesome. That's great. Or I could go out to Podunkville, Ohio. Yeah. And, and Strasburg. Yeah, yeah. And work for free, you know, so I'm like, I think I know what the will of the Lord is here, you know. <laughs> And so I, I was about to call, and it was just like, nope, you can't. Like, you're supposed to go to Ohio. And I fought it twice, and I was like, fine, I'm going to Ohio. And I called the pastor back and said, hey, thanks for the opportunity, but I'm, I'm going to Ohio. And, and uh, that was where we met. Yeah. Apparently, I don't remember the details, but... <laughs> or I remember them wrongly. That's for
2: another time, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it was one of those, I saw her in the hallway, and it was like angels singing, you yeah. know, and... Right. apparently that's not how it
0: was for her I don't think that is for a time later let's talk about that so Andrew what were your thoughts when Dustin you see him for the first time how how did you guys start connecting and talking
2: well long story short it took four years for me to marry him so (laughs) Um, no we were really good friends I know um, we were, and but I probably wasn't interested right no, away. No, we
1: we tried dating, and I was an knucklehead. So yeah, so. It was all good. <laughs> it worked I, out. I really think it was four years of like me having to prove to her that you know I could probably be okay to marry. Okay. You know, so I had to get my own place and, a, and an adult job and she's a real smart. car. Yeah, she's smart.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So in four years, you finally did it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, and here we are, (laughs) right? Good good things are worth waiting for. That's right, yeah. So tell us about some of the transformation that you have seen. You know, I think immediately there's some transformation, obviously, that happens, but it it continues to happen as we walk with Christ, right? And so, I mean, it's been a number of years now. Um, You graduated in 96, right? So, yeah, do the quick math. Um, you would be good at that. But so it's been a while. So what what have you seen in your life as a result of walking with Jesus? First
1: thing would be uh, self righteousness, like all that thinking you're a good person and you've got your you know ducks in a row and and you can trust in that. That really got attacked early on. That uh, that had to get rooted out. You mm-hmm. know that you're never going to earn heaven. And and there's no there's no amount of good that you can do, and, and the, the thought that you are a good person is, is not true. And so dealing with, with that, um, mm. a lot of humble pie to eat, right. a lot of pride that needed to get knocked off. Um, you know, Because when you think so highly of yourself that, that you don't think that you need a God, you know, that you'll just make everything in life happen the way that you want it to happen— Um, running into righteousness from God and faith and trust in him and and losing that control or apparent control that you think that you have, that's rough to do. Um, Mm. There were some morality issues, you know, uh, typical teenager lust issues that that just had to go
0: go quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, How do you believe God is currently transforming you in this season of your life?
1: Right now, patience, because it's been a very uh, winter sucks, yeah. winter's terrible, yeah. and going through that season, you're just like, okay, I'm ready for spring like i'm I'm itching to get out of this, yeah you know you got to get cabin fever spiritually speaking, and i'm just I'm, I'm dealing with the the impatience of of um, kids, kids can work on your patience um, <laughs> the the wanting to get beyond. Any hurt from the past from the past eighteen years and and moving into a spot where i can I can be okay with just talking about it and and getting out of that like that's there's an impatience there of just wanting to get out of that season of
0: the winter, yeah, you guys are in it, yeah, yeah for sure hmm. so
1: but it's been it's been good because I have seen changes where I will look at my kids and be like, Okay, they're kids just, just. <laughs> goose frogba, you know <laughs> Like you're just you're 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 being very patient with them, and and even though they're pulling on you, like even this morning, I've got kids running up and grabbing Bibles out of the the folks in front of us, and I'm sure they're like, "Who's banging on my chair?" And you know, they're back and forth. And my daughter's got gum hanging out of her mouth, <laughs> dripping all over her hand, and and I'm like, "Yep, they're they're kids," you know.
0: Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah.
1: Mm. yeah, so I would say for me, patience right now is the biggest thing. Yeah, uh, learning to just. Let let go as much as I can yeah. and trust.
0: Yeah, we were talking about uh, when we had our conversation that um, we're really not n- it, control is such an illusion. You know, like we're really there's so much that's not in our control, right? Like, yeah, for sure. Um, Andrea, how about you? How the uh, how has Jesus transformed you, and what are some of the changes you've seen?
2: Um. I think in the beginning, too, I didn't mention this, is um, I had created God in my own image. Like, I think a lot of people say, um, well, a loving God would never, my God would never send somebody to hell or, you know, and so finding out who God was and transforming my mind with the word of God Um was one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I guess now the way he is transforming me is getting me out of my comfort zone. Sure. Um, I think one thing that I have to remind myself is this life is not about my comforts. And I have to remember (laughs) that all the time because it's so easy to want to make this perfect little comfortable life for my kids for myself, and Mm. um, that's one thing he's kind of, and for, (laughs) (laughs) yes, for you too, (laughs) for all of us. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) um, so that is one thing I'm still learning um, to just step out into uncomfortable places so that I can learn and grow and Mm. be transformed.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. And and you really been forced into that with having you you've moved where you're living, right? How did closing go?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not it,
2: it okay, it pa- went. Patience. But there <laughs> was there was a little hiccup, but praise okay. the Lord we closed. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah.
0: So that you're changing churches, yeah. Yes. That that's a lot of uh, discomfort, right? Yes. There, all yeah. all in one season. So Yeah. Fantastic. So what would you say, all right, if there's anybody here that is on the fence about whether they should surrender their life to Christ, whether they should repent and believe and receive him as their Lord and Savior? Like, what? This is a pop quiz. I know I didn't give you this question in advance, but what are your thoughts on that? What would you tell them?
2: You want me to go? Oh, go ahead.
1: I just say, like, what, where, where do you find your truth? Like, what, what is truth to you? Where, where do you get that from? And how far back can we go, and and reduce that down? Uh, you know, I know for me, truth comes from the Lord. That, that everything that He's spoken is true. And there's evidence that proves that God exists. There's evidence that proves that Christ raised from the dead. You know, and, and you can look at the evidence and, and deny it, but you can't. You can't change it like it's it's sealed it's set in stone you know Mm. we don't we don't exist without without god Mm. and so to an atheist or an agnostic like i was i would just say like are you absolutely sure that what you think is true is true you know take it for someone that was was on your side and it was presented with arguments uh that maybe you haven't considered and, and and ask yourself, you know, where did you where did where did all this come from, you know, where did time come from, space come from, matter come from? If it didn't come from something outside of time, space, and matter, because we know it you can't make itself,
2: mm.
1: you know, if if you're going to reduce things all the way back to a big bang, what what caused that, mm. you know, um, and, and just just ask yourself, are you being perfectly open and honest and open minded? to the the possibility of god because a humanist or a naturalist is going to look at that and just rule that out right off the bat and say well okay we don't even need to look at that that evidence because we already presuppose that it's false yep so where's the open-mindedness
0: in that very good what about you, Andrea? What would you tell a person that? What he said? No. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> uh, no, I mean, mine's not that really great, but <laughs> I, I mean, I would say it is the most important decision you will make in your life, mm-hmm. and something that when you die you can't change. Hmm. Um. So.
0: Yeah. Yep. So choose, and really, Today, yes. Yeah, who you will serve. Right. This mm-hmm. is going to be you. Is it going to be money? Is it going to be comfort? Is it going to be, what is it going to be? Or will it be the, the one true living God, right? Absolutely. Awesome job. Let's give them a round of applause. <clears throat> Let's pray for you guys as you continue to navigate this uh, season of your life, right? Lord, we thank you so much uh, for Dustin and Andrea. We're so grateful that you brought them here to this church. Lord, thank you for their story. It's really your story and how you are orchestrating the details of their life and you are weaving them together, the good, the bad, and the ugly, for their ultimate good and for the good of your kingdom. I even think about uh, Dustin refusing that one job because he believed you were bringing him to Strasbourg, and he follows that call, and there's so many unknowns and uncertainty uh, surrounding that decision, I'm sure, and you were leading him to Andrea, and Lord, we thank you for your, your uh, handiwork in our life. Um, we thank you that uh, you love us and you direct us. Lord, we also... I want to really encourage any person here today that has not uh, given their life to you, that has not repented and turned from their sin to you, that today would be the day that they would make that decision to have you as their Lord and their Savior. Lord, thank you for the reminder that there's no amount of good that we can do to make ourselves right with you. That the only way we can be made right with you is if we trust Jesus in your perfect life, in our place, and in your perfect death, and our place to reconcile us to God. It's in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, bless Andrea and uh, Dustin in this season of their life. Continue to give them what they need to have flashlight faith. Continue to bring light as they obey the little bit of light that they've been given and trusting that you're going to you're going to continue to direct their steps it's in Jesus name we pray amen